Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Stompcast with me, Dr. Alex George. This is the podcast where I go for a stomp with a guest in a location of their choice to take a little meander into their life. You may already have noticed some crashing waves and some seagulls, and that's because I'm at a beach in Bournemouth with Dr. Julie Smith. Dr. Julie Smith is a clinical psychologist who, during the 2020 pandemic, saw her TikTok following skyrocket over 3 million, thanks to a bite-sized videos containing professional advice on managing stress, depression, and anxiety. Dr. Julie's TikTok continues to provide mental health relief to the masses, and so in a bid to provide self-help in more detail, she launched a book, Why Has Nobody Told Me This Before, in January of 2022, which was a number one Sunday Times bestseller. I'm confident this episode will be an absolute hit. Thank you, Dr. Julie, for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, thank you so much. I mean, we, we actually worked together a little while ago on an educational uh, piece of videos we were creating for schools and well-being. And yeah. uh, it was fantastic to have you there. And I'm great that you're joining me today. And we're in a very, very special place, aren't we? We are. And this is a... Oh, we've got, oh, we've got, oh, we've got another stomping ground. <laughs> like, oh, how, this is lovely. Hurdles this already. Is, this is a lovely Land Rover, this one. <laughs> this is a beautiful Land Rover. Look at that. That's how we go around. Trailer so to So this match. is the thing. We're, we're not in a in a studio environment. We are out stomping, so we'll get all yeah. kind of challenges, see all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so where are we? So we're at Hengsbury Head, um, which is on the south coast, and this is a place I've been coming since I was a child, and now I bring my own children here, and I absolutely love it. It's a really special place that, um, it's often really, a, you know, lots of people come down to Bournemouth and sit elbow to elbow on the beach, yeah, and yeah. so this is a place that locals come to and retreat, and it's usually fairly quiet, although today there seems to be huge numbers of people There's here. There's lots of people enjoying. We're seeing, we're seeing <laughs> young and old enjoying. We're seeing all sorts of dogs are wandering by and meandering. We've got seagulls in the sky. It's a beautiful it's a sunny day I can set the scene it's a sunny day today it's isn't it? beautiful yeah if you're listening to this and it's rainy and windy I'm very very sorry because we are currently enjoying a beautiful bit of British sunshine and I must say I gotta be honest this this place actually is kind of special to me as well so um I said the team I spent a lot of my summers here uh, a good few years ago actually before the pandemic and yeah it's a spe- it's a place for me as well good memories um coming to relax by the beach and it's, it's usually not too busy is it yeah no it's usually a really sort of quiet place you can come along and I like to come here and uh run as well I don't do that too often because it's a bit further away from my house but you can sort of run all the way down the beach and then back around on this sort of quiet pathway yeah. to go back and you could do a sort of big loop and big loop around, uh, yeah it's lovely it's well. really nice Julie, so, so much has changed for you over the last few years, and, I, and we're going to dive into that a little bit later in this uh, episode. But I think first, I'd just like to talk to you and use, it, use your expertise a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah. Why is stomping, why is going out walking and moving, why is it so good for us? And we talk a lot about endorphins and things. Is there something on a psychological level that is beneficial for us getting outside? Yeah, I think because there's, there's lots of benefits to, to movement and exercise, right, which uh, you'll be able to sort of express and talk about the sort of biology behind that. Also, being out in nature and in green space adds to that benefit. So, you know, I think I think you can feel that. I mean, I, I'm one. Lots of people go to the gym and that's great. 
but I find, you know, if I'm walking or running on a treadmill, that's a completely different experience to getting outside and um, walking around it. And there's lots of um, new research about how if when you're running, if you look out to the horizon, that that helps to bring your stress levels down. And, and it's all to do with the sort of movements of the eye, oh, wow. eyes and things like that. Really, that. really interesting. And but I mean, you've only got to get out there and experience it for yourself to to experience those benefits. I yeah. think you can just feel the difference, can't you? Well, it's interesting you mentioned the eye movement because, of course, in some trauma therapy and other things as well, we use eye movement as actually part of the treatment of therapy. So I yeah. guess there's perhaps a similarity of that horizon element to that. And people say that actually, even when you think about being at the sea and sitting at the beach, looking out to the distance and how relaxed you feel, maybe that's a similar thing. I don't know, but yeah. it's just something about being outside, I think, that just compounds the benefit of exercise. Yeah. You're running at a treadmill, it's great, but it feels very like I'm here to just do a function yeah. rather than immersing myself in the surroundings. Yeah, and you know, I even shifted my uh, sort of exercise. I mean, I like to exercise outside anyway, and I like to sort of go jogging up in the forest or, or somewhere like this. And, and I used to sort of try and push myself and maybe time myself and see how fast I was getting, that kind of thing. And I stopped doing that as well. So now I will run to enjoy it. And if there's a nice scene or something yeah. and I want to stop and look at it, I will so that I don't miss it. I, I'm not sort of still focused on a screen yeah. and, you know, counting, you know, how quickly I'm going and that kind of thing. And it just sh changes the whole experience. I now sort of look forward to going out for a, a walk or a, a run because I know it's going to be that enjoyable experience. I'm not going to miss out on those lovely aspects of it. I wonder if an element of the kind of find the benefit of not looking at the numbers is partly because I, I, I'm guessing you're probably a type A personality in some ways. You're pretty <laughs> driven. You're definitely incredibly hard working. Is there an element that sometimes us humans, because we want to like compare and do better and compete, whether it's against ourselves or others, it takes almost the joy out of exercise sometimes, doesn't it? Because I yeah. used to be very focused on how much weight am I lifting? What am I benching? Now I've changed my mindset about, about it. And I think much more about the process, like just enjoying doing it rather than the end yeah. goal. Yeah, and I think there's benefits to both, isn't there? Some people really benefit from having something they want to work towards and uh, in order to kind of push themselves in their fitness. But I think to make something sustainable, there's got to be an element of joy in there and, and pleasure, hasn't there? So if you can do something that makes it more pleasurable for you, you're much more likely to sustain it. And I know too, if, I, if I'm going to tell myself I'm going to go out for a run and just go at any pace, I'm going to go somewhere where, where I really enjoy the scenery yeah. and I'm going to enjoy it, um, I'm much more likely to get out stick to it. than yeah than if I'm telling myself if I've got to work really hard and I've got to get a PB or anything like that, then I'm much less likely to um, to want to do it. Yeah, it's an interesting point I guess for us to talk a little bit then about like developing good habits. I think many of us have been there before in New Year, you know, start January, start resolutions, and you look back three months later and go, well, that went well, <laughs> didn't it? As you kind of tuck into your second uh, bar of chocolate. Uh, it's very difficult to create habits that last. Are there some kind of takeaways from a kind of psychological perspective that can make, make you know, succeeding in terms of sticking at it more likely? Yeah, I think uh, to start with, think about the goal that you're setting. And, and if, if those goals are based on what other people think you should be doing, then you're less likely to stick to them. If your goals are based on something that actually matters to you and is really important to you, and you have real clarity on what those values are. So I think, so for me, uh, exercise and getting outside changed after I had children. It became about, I want to live a really long life and yeah. be here for my children when I'm yeah. older. And, and I want to be you know, fit and healthy and able to be the parent I want to be. So that kind of shifted it from, I guess you're told growing up that exercise is all about, well, certainly we were in the 90s, yeah. exercise was about how you looked and yeah. changing your body because it apparently doesn't look the right way and all those kind of things. So I think having children really shifted that sort of perspective on exercise for me. 
And I guess um, it's, it's that kind of shift from, it sounds like you're going from that kind of more extrinsic pressures or thoughts to an in, intrinsic element of like, I want to feel good for the people, for myself primarily, yeah. but also to be able to enjoy my experience of life for longer. Yeah, and, and then it opens up that realm of, okay, well, exercise can be anything that I enjoy that involves moving my body. So if I'm putting music on and I'm dancing around my kitchen, that counts. Or if I'm, you know, going for a walk and having a conversation, that counts. I don't need to be doing sit-ups or, you know, doing something that someone else thinks is going to make me look a certain way, you know. So it, it kind of shifts that. And like, so I guess having goals that are based on your own values and things that really matter to you is a really great starting point. Um, but then also staying in touch with those because inevitably motivation will wane, right? It's a feeling that comes yeah. and goes like any other. So on those days when you don't really feel like doing it, you can get back in touch with those goals yeah. and why you're doing something, even when it doesn't really feel like, you know, something you want to do today. Do, do on that day. Because I think a lot of people think that when they have those days where they don't feel motivated, that they're getting something wrong. Yeah. You know, that some people are just motivated, they're born that way, and they're always feeling motivated, and then other people don't, and they are failing or getting something wrong. And it's just not true, you know. There is nobody that feels motivated every single day no. or feels energised every single day. But I guess some people have goals that uh, mean so much to them that it's, it's, a, it's a pull. It means more to you than your comfort. So it, it's, it's worth pushing against that sort of urge not to do it in order to get that thing done. So It's that kind of thing where, like, and I think I've kind of changed my focus from the motivation to, di to the discipline because that, that, again, you know, in January, that's where your big focus is often. It's like, I'm so motivated, it's at peak levels. That's never going to maintain forever, is it? And no. I think the discipline comes in where that kind of drops and, you know, you, that allows your motivation to come and go, doesn't it? So yeah. if you're disciplined and saying, do you know what, I am going to go for that stomp this morning, I'm going to get up. Alex's podcast is out this Monday. <laughs> it's with Dr. Julie. I'm going to get out for a stomp. And, and I think that kind of being like, do you know what, what regardless of what I can really feel like it this morning, I'm going to go. Yeah. That then leads you coming back afterwards feeling, do you know what, I feel really, really great. And it almost then motivates you for the next time. And you remember, it's like a positive loop of like, okay, my, my motivation isn't very high, but I know if I'm disciplined, I'll actually feel really good. Yeah. It's like I was here um, Joe Wick said the other day, like, you know, when do you ever honestly regret a workout? Very yeah. unusual that you'll ever regret, genuinely regret going to do a workout. Yeah, and it's a great way of thinking of it that, you know, motivation isn't that feeling you get on the way in the gym. It's the feeling you get on the way out when yes. you go, oh, I should do this every day. And, and so when you recognise that pattern, you know that if you're feeling rubbish, actually getting out and doing that thing is going to help you overcome that feeling. Feel so, better. yeah. Do you, yeah. Think that, um, do you think that in some ways we've kind of made a mistake in the kind of way that we narrate well-being because I think sometimes I think about it over the last 10 years and often health and well-being is painted as very beautiful it's always very easy and it should always feel amazing yeah it isn't all the time some of the things that no. that are good for us aren't easy and you know you're a psychologist I mean often and I know from my own experience you have to unpack very difficult things to get through to the other side of feeling better the process isn't always actually that nice let's be honest yeah and I yeah. think we, we maybe even with exercise we kind of paint this oh you should always feel great when you're running or going out it's not it's not always the case is it sometimes we do difficult things yeah to feel good in the long run yeah do you know it's one of the biggest misconceptions um in therapy actually where people I think have the wrong idea about self-compassion that that doing something uh, self-compassionate is in some way self-indulgent so and, and it's just really not that so and let's say 
my daughter wakes up one day and says, I don't really feel like going to school. Self-indulgence would be saying, okay, well, let's take the day off and we'll go back to school when you feel like it. Compassion is saying, actually, I want the best for you. Your education is part of that. Yeah. So let's work out how we can get through this difficult day and make that happen. So, you know, a lot of what we work on in therapy is getting people to recognise that being kind to yourself and doing what's best yeah. for you is not always the easy yeah. thing. Um, and how do you then get over that, um, you know, hump day or whatever that is, whatever the barrier is that's stopping you from doing the right things by yourself? How do you get to that kind of end point? And I think that's important. And I hope anyone listening, I know you might start this episode thinking, oh, gosh, I don't know if I really wanted to go for a walk today. It's a Monday, got a lot on. But I hope by the end of this, whether you've heard this first part or whether you're going to listen all the way through to the end of the third part, I hope when you finish this episode, you've done all this kind of stomping, you're going to feel better for it and look back and think, do you know what, I'm glad that I walked out the door and put my earphones, headphones on and had a listen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. This beats being in the office, right? It and recording does. it on Zoom. We're definitely enjoying this. <laughs> Dr. Julian, I ask everyone this each week. What is in your stomping toolkit? What do you need to grab on the way out the door before you get out there for a little stomp? Well, it's usually, even though I'd like to say it's my switch off time, usually uh, I will take my phone, yep. partly because I'm leaving, you know, children and being looked after uh, while I'm out. But also I like to listen to music. So yep. if, I'm, if I'm running, if I'm walking the dog, I probably won't. But if I'm, um, if I'm running, then I will usually listen to music. Yep. So it's usually phone and uh and my headphones and your headphones that's yeah. the main stuff and my dorky that's about it <laughs> it's true that you don't that's a great thing about stomping going out whether it's running something walking whatever you you don't need a lot do you, you just no. need you just need yourself a bottle of water if it's warm whatever yeah and music if you like that and hopefully you're going to be listening actually not even to music you can listen to this episode of course <laughs> um you don't need that much and i think that's what's really nice about it. it's quite inclusive and you know, whether you can walk a few yards or whether you're walking a few miles or whatever it is, any distance is amazing. So I hope you guys at home, you're doing the same. Grab the bits that you need and, and get outside and, and enjoy it, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, especially, I mean, as a parent as well, I'm usually, I have a big bag of children's stuff, you know, wet wipes and all those kind of things that I just carry with me. So it's actually quite liberating to be able to go out by yourself. Yeah. I mean, you have literally, to me, you have come, you've got yourself and you've got your phone. You have, that's true to form. Yeah, that's that's it. true to form. That's all you need here. And hopefully you've got some SPF on like, I've got my 50 yeah, on, I've got yeah. my factor 50 it is a warm day. As I can tell you, and people listening will know this, and you'll have a look, the, train. the noddy train's on the way, <laughs> and that's what you're hearing on the mic now, is a noddy train. It's a little, um, it looks like a train, but I assume it's not, <laughs> uh, in the traditional sense, but it's a, little, um, it's a little car thing, and it pulls behind everyone that wants to kind of uh, not stomp and get down there in a nice smooth fashion, which is yeah. handy when you've got your bag full of uh, wipes yeah. and all that kind of stuff. When so. we come down with the children, we've generally got a sort of, just bags and bags of like picnic and toys and bucket and spade and all the rest of it so that's um that's good for that one much needed thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode of me and dr julie smith in hengersbury head beach if you're not finished stomping yet make sure you go and listen to part two now or come back to catch up on tomorrow's stomp see you soon
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.